You are Locked On Heat, your daily Miami Heat podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello, Heat Nation. I'm David Ramil, the host of Locked On Heat, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Please make sure to follow the show if you haven't already, wherever you listen to podcasts to get the latest episodes. Today's episode is brought to you by Michelob Ultra. Enjoyment isn't the end game, it's the whole game. And at 2.6 carbs and 95 calories, it's only worth it if you enjoy it. Today's episode is going to be part three of a mailbag because, well, so many questions coming in, so many things from around the league. Just felt like just reaching out to the people. In the words of Shane Battier, just wanted to touch the people, reach out to the people. And have these moments mean something. And so here I am answering your questions. And I'll be talking a little bit about Jay Crowder because he's in the news for all the wrong reasons and comments being taken out of context. But I'll also talk a little bit about playmakers in the league and whether or not there's a shift in what teams view or scout for as far as the draft and team building exercises are concerned. But this first question comes in from Sean over at, well, what used to be Philly Heat NBA. Of course, now it's Sean Rochester. Of course, he is also the host of his own podcast with Norris Cole. You should all be checking that out as well. But he sent in a question, somewhat jokingly, that I will give sincere and deep thought to, which is, after watching Tyler's training video, which Heat player would be the king of the ring? Of course, if you haven't seen it by now, there is a video going around about a much more impressive physical specimen in Tyler Hero looking a little bit more like he's put on some of that muscle mass and weight that he's been talking about that he recognizes as being a necessary part of his NBA growth and of course he is sparring with somebody uh you know padded gloves and everything else like that and uh, not exactly Mike Tyson in his prime or anything like that but you know he's holding his own I guess it's all about building up that muscle, getting a little bit more conditioning in there, doing some footwork and, and working on some speed and quickness and things of that sort. And and so while I am not in any way, shape, or form a boxing aficionado, I haven't seen actually a match in years, uh, I, I will share my views given what information I, I do remember about boxing and about what I think is important or what I remember thinking is important when it comes to boxing. And of course, this is all a joke anyway. So none of these players actually box really. I mean, they box maybe in their spare time. I think, you know, obviously James Johnson is a, a noted uh, mixed martial arts type fighter. I think some of other players around the league occasionally box and, you know, you have your street fighters and things of that sort. But when it comes to the heat, who would be, as Sean asked, the king of the ring? Well, first and the most obvious answer, but not the right answer, is of course the OG himself, Udonis Haslam, a guy who's probably been in at least a few uh, bare-knuckled brawls uh, in his time, a guy who seems like he's always willing to throw down, a guy who does not take shit lightly, he does not suffer fools, and he's always looking to defend his guys. And, you know, whether it comes to uh, a, you know, a pushover like Dwight Howard or... Anybody else that UD has wanted to fight over his long and prolific career, I don't know that at six foot nine ish, six foot eight ish, six foot nine ish, whatever he's listed as, I don't know that that's ideal for boxing. I mean, he's quick enough. He's much smaller than you might expect. I've been in the locker room, so I, I know what these guys look like. Uh, and I can tell you that he, he is much more narrow. A lot of these guys, like, he, 
I remember my first locker room, as a total aside, my first locker room experience years ago, watching the Oklahoma City Thunder in Orlando, and uh, Kendrick Perkins, a part of that team at that time. So it's been a while for me. And and just, you know, at that point in time, a novice, not really considered myself of his full-time media or anything like that, but... You know, the rumors about Perk and everybody talks about Perk being fat and, you know, soft because that's what you might look like on the TV and everything else like that. I'll be honest with you. Nobody in that locker room was quote unquote soft. There are there are no softies. Even a guy like Nemanja Bielica, who is not coming back to the Miami Heat next year because he signed with a team in Europe, I should add. Uh, and congratulations to him. Uh, I think... You know, nobody in the league is really all that soft. So it's just a varying degrees of ripped or physique, you know, impressive physiques or whatever you want to call them, you know, body fat percentages and things of that sort. But uh, UD, very, very thin, uh, obviously very slim and, 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 you know, not a high body fat percentage or anything like that, but a little too tall. I can't, I can't see him really moving around that well. He'd probably be good for connect on, on one or two punches. And then after that, maybe it's just anybody's fight. So, again, I think as tall as these guys are, not ideal for boxing. Um, I'd have to say that probably disqualifies Bam, who is probably the strongest guy on the team. Him and Udonis are probably the strongest guys as far as weight room strength and things of that sort. Bam looks a little bit smaller than he did the previous season when he looked a little bit more muscular, but I, I think it's just because he's trying to improve his overall dexterity. A lot of guys in the league seem to have a problem with being too built, like too fit or anything like that, because they equate it with a loss of mobility. I, I think it's a lot to do with their upbringing and, and, and they're using, they use weight training inappropriately at, at you know high school levels. It's all about putting on much as much mass as possible and things of that sort. And so there are some misconceptions when it comes to, uh, you know, whether or not you should be incorporating muscle training and things of that sort, weight training into your, uh, into your, your regimen. And I think Bam not quite fits that mode. I just think he's a little bit, he's strong, but he's too tall. You even see him when he's as smooth as he is as a six, nine player dribbling the ball. I can't see him being much of a boxer. I'm sure he would probably say something to the effect that he's more of a lover than a fighter. And that's fine. I just can't see him really boxing, which leads to Jimmy Butler, Again, I think he's willing to fight. I think he's probably been in a scrap or two during his time. I just don't see him as really a, a boxer per se. And so I start looking at, you know, smaller guys on this roster. And the answer I keep coming back with is Goran Dragic. Like, I, I don't know why. I think he's obviously a little taller um, than your average boxer. But I, I still think that he's got the length. He's got the reach. He knows how to fight. He's lost teeth. He can shrug it off pretty well. Uh, he moves his feet exceptionally well. Quick hands, we know that. Quick reaction time. And he's also from Slovenia. Those guys have been through a lot in Europe. I'm not to minimize or, or downplay what it is that they go through or what their early upbringing was like, but uh, they've seen some tough things. They they have been fighting a long time over there. And you look at uh, Nikola Jokic's brothers, who you know are not to be taken very lightly themselves, and I think that kind of extends to all of the quote-unquote Balkan boys that uh, you don't want to throw down with them or you don't really want to fight with them. So if it comes to boxing, my feeling is that there's a very good chance that Goran Dragic would probably be the best boxer on the team. I just can't see Tyler pulling it off. Uh, I don't think Victor Oladipo is that kind of a player either or a boxer per se. There's Physical skills don't necessarily translate into back, boxing skills, at least in my limited interpretation. But again, agree, disagree, let me know. I'm curious to hear what your answers are. But, uh, you know, I'll be moving on here and answering some questions about what the league is looking for when it comes to playmaking 
But first, let me tell you a little bit about Bet Online, the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your sports action. Baseball season in full swing. You can track all the action at Bet Online. But of course, there's more going around to meet all of your sporting needs with baseball, the NBA, NHL, WNBA, and so much more. And for the next pitch, head over to Bet Online on your laptop or mobile device and check out all the great sporting news, sign up bonuses, and contest information. Don't sit on the sidelines anymore. This is your chance to get in the action. Head to the website or use your mobile device to sign up today and receive a 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Bet Online, your online sportsbook experts. And don't forget to use the promo code LOCKED ON. Miami Heat are out of the playoffs, but the road to the final still continues, and our coverage is brought to you by Michelob Ultra. It's only worth it if you enjoy it at 2.6 carbs and 95 calories. We can all enjoy the games a little bit more this season. Game 2 set to take place later tonight. I'm recording this on a Thursday afternoon. And Jay Crowder playing a role, and I'll talk a little bit more about some news that Jay has unwittingly got himself into with Heat fans. I think it's being taken a little bit out of context. And just talk a little bit more about Jay's uh, continued impacts. I think we're, we're still kind of feeling the loss of Jay Crowder from last season. And he's mentioned some things over the last couple of days and weeks of, you know, various different places of reporting. He's been, there's a story on Crowder on ESPN by, um, Zach Lowe. And also, uh, the ringer has had a piece on him as well. So I think he continues to be an interesting person. Look, I, he was interesting to me years ago when he was with the Boston Celtics because I just always a guy that seemed like he had that Miami Heat DNA there. And uh, I, I always really appreciated his tenacity, the fact that he was a, a, a 3 and D type player who, who thrived uh, in doing the dirty work. And he just seemed like he was perfect for Miami. His stint in the Heat with the Heat came a little bit too, uh, came to an end a little too quickly, unfortunately. But this next question comes in. Uh, you keep saying, this is from Billy, uh, Billy writes in, you keep saying that Miami needs a playmaking guard. As I did in yesterday's episode, as a total aside, I did mention that rather than a quote-unquote natural scorer, I think Miami needs a playmaker like Kyle Lowry to help Jimmy Butler, Goran Dragic, Tyler Hero, Bam Adebayo in particular, unleash their offensive repertoire to its fullest Moving on with Billy's question, the more I think about it, there seems to be less and less of players who fit that description coming into the league. Everyone is essentially a three-point shooter who can rebound slightly and bring the ball up. It feels like there is such an emphasis on shooting the deep ball that if you can't score 20, it doesn't really matter if you're a playmaker. Young players, Lomelo Ball, feeling like an exception, don't want to be a true point guard. They want to be Curry or Lillard and drop 30 while saying they are a point guard. Well, Billy, I mean, that's a great question, first of all, and thank you for bringing it up and, as always, being supportive of this show. There's a lot of different factors for this, I think. One, first and foremost, that comes to my mind is that playmaking shouldn't be just limited to any one position. And I think that's the problem is that by virtue of how the game was played earlier in its infancy, where you had taller players who could score on this incredible basket when dunking wasn't really a part of the game, it was 10 feet tall. You couldn't really reach the rim. You had the bigger guys, the centers, let's say six, four to six, six at that point in time, uh, you know, closer to the rim. And I think it was because they were closer to the rim that they were established themselves as dominant low post players. You know, you could just turn around or with a series of hook shots or nifty ball movement, maybe you could get the ball into the hoop. 
your smaller guys had to, you know, dribble the ball. If they wanted to have the ball in their hands at any point in time, they weren't going to be as prolific scorers. They were going to have to feed the big man. For a long, long time, this idea of team building persisted. And I think it's important to consider that. Is it, you know, even up until the 90s, maybe even through, I think the aughts are really the first time when a dominant center wasn't a requirement in terms of what you built with. I, I think... Once you added a player like Michael Jordan that changed the dynamic completely, every other team realized, well, maybe you can have your best player not necessarily be a center. Or you didn't have to have somebody who could qualify and be a great player at center all the time. But before that, it was, you know, look at the 90s. Uh, you know, you had Shaquille O'Neal, you had Alonzo Mourning, David Robinson, uh, Hakeem Olajuwon, Patrick Ewing, and on and on. Even like your scrubs, quote-unquote scrubs, uh, you know, guys like Kevin Duckworth or Rick Smiths or any, anybody along those lines, they were great players. They were really great centers, and it was just important to have a seven-footer that can dominate or stretch the floor a little bit, provide some offense there. That was what was necessary in the position. Conversely, you needed to have a point guard get them the ball because seven footers can't dribble either, and so that's how it kind of evolved there. Where you had in, in back in the fifties, you had your taller players close to the rim because they could score more easily that way. Your smaller guys had to get them the ball, and they could create plays there. And then that kind of developed this idea of a true point guard, and I think that's obviously you know extinct. I think that line of thinking is and and thankfully so, I think it's gone the way of the dodo, especially changed in the 70s when you had a player like Magic Johnson, of course in the 80s when he thrived as a 6-9 quote unquote point guard. He was just a guy who could dribble, he could make plays for others, he could pass the ball. He was dynamic he was different you couldn't really see that much but of course it still it didn't linger you had guys like that and they were forced into positions i think you saw that historically you know where you had guys that were tweeners and and, and the nba didn't know how to handle guys think of a, a player i just talked to right now from team usa draymond green right you know he's a guy who at six six maybe you know, six, 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 seven. I think he's where he's officially listed at, but he's probably smaller than that even. And, and a guy like him, what position would he have played in the '80s? He's too thick, uh, too. I mean, not not spelt enough. It's not even because he's not fast enough, but he's just too thick to have been a, a guard. You had Michael Jordan, who was a six five, six six guard. You had Scottie Pippen at six seven at the four. That's a small forward position. He, they're almost as tall as Draymond. I mean, in Scottie's case, taller than Draymond. So where would you have fit a guy like that? But now in this today's league, he can thrive because he's a playmaking, quote-unquote, big. And I think that's where the evolution has taken place, where now you have bigs who can make the play, who can create offense like Bam can, and I think that's important to do so. Conversely, you're looking to be able to make an impact. If you're 6 feet to 6'3", you're considered undersized for today's league. And if that's the case, where's your best chance of making an impact? Shooting never goes out of style. And if you can shoot from 30 feet out, you're going to make an impact one way or another. Now, you also, because of the nature of AAU basketball and the fact that there is only one year, if you're a star-level player, there's only really one, maybe two years of collegiate experience where you can continue to show off your skill set in order to get drafted and cash in on the opportunities that the NBA presents, you have to be prolific. Well, I mean, it's great if you're a 15 assists per game kind of guy against, I don't know, Wichita State or I, I'm just naming a a school off the top of my head here, but nobody's going to scout you. Nobody's going to draft you if you if you average, you know, like Scott Skiles, you know. Where, where is there a role for Scott Skiles in today's NBA? I, I just don't see it because he's undersized, not great defensively, pesky, 
but he can pass the ball and he's looking to make plays for others. So I think you need to have a combination of skills. You need to be more versatile. You can't just be a six-footer who manages the game, right, or is a floor general, that antiquated term that really isn't used all that much because I just I don't think it exists. I don't think you can have that luxury of just being a guy who is one and handles the ball, pounds the heck out of it, and then just looks to get their bigs going or make the right play. Even, even a guy like TJ McConnell, who probably at least physically looks like your typical quote-unquote true point guard, even he has to look to get his game going. I mean, he's a little feisty with a ball. He gets to the hoop. He can stretch the floor to some degree. He's not a great shooter, but he's also good defensively in that he can make steals and, and have a, a pretty impressive showing. He's feisty, I think, uh, gritty. I mean, I, I, these are all euphemisms, different synonyms for saying, well, he's a white player that's kind of unathletic and has to make an impact in one way or another. That's fine. I mean, I think that there there's realities there that we have to consider. There are limitations. TJ McConnell... I think by his own admission, would not say he is a great athlete, although he is an NBA-level athlete. He's just not elite when it comes to his overall athleticism and explosiveness and things of that sort. But he makes an impact out there. He's a positive player, and I, and I think he's more your true point guard. And that's a position where you have to be able to find a way to make an impact. It's not just getting the right play set or, or making the right pass at the right time. It's also looking to see when you can score and take advantage of those opportunities. And yes, a big part of that is if there's kind of sagging off you a little bit defensively, you have to be able to knock the three-point shot down. It's just a necessity in today's NBA, and I don't think that's going away anytime soon. I can't imagine... I know sometimes I, I feel like in my own life I lack foresight and being able to predict what's going to happen five, ten years from now. I have no idea. The same way people would have looked at positionless basketball, perhaps saying that maybe that's what the next evolutionary step is going to be. I, I don't know what it's going to be for the NBA. I, I don't know that anybody in the 90s saw a Bam Adebayo type player or a Luka Doncic or a LeBron James. Like, I mean, LeBron would have played, who knows, center? I mean, would he have had the ball in his hands as much if he had played in the 80s and 90s? Probably not. I can't imagine that world for him. But it's where he fits best, you know. And, and look, I just – I don't know how the league is going to evolve. I, I think it's not necessarily about – positions anymore i think we can do away with ball hand with point guard shooting guard everybody shoots you know you don't call them shooting centers not really i mean floor spacing bigs maybe but i think i can't recall exactly who it was who's made this more popularized the idea of just changing into ball handlers wings and bigs and you have to find your role embrace it and live up to the expectations of that position, quote-unquote position. And I'm not sure that true point guard is one that's going to last for much longer. I can't imagine it actually being something that's around for you know the next few years because, again, to your point, Billy, I just don't think those things and those players, uh, those type of players exist anymore. But moving on, I'll answer some more of your questions in the next segment here on Locked on Heat. But just a reminder that Built Bar is the best tasting protein bar ever. And for a limited time only, you can get the Built Grasshopper Cookie. It's July 6th through 9th, so you still have time to get the new Built Bar flavor Grasshopper Cookie that tastes like the classic Thin Mint Cookie from the Girl Scouts. Of course, everybody loves those cookies. I'm not a fan myself. 
But I know that these cookies are delicious. My wife loves them. I think they're great. You can go ahead and order them now. Again, for a limited time only, you can go ahead and get the Built Grasshopper Cookie. There are so many delicious flavors. This one's only available for a short time. And of course, it's got all, like all of Built Bar, has all the nutrients you're looking for. So you don't even think you're getting a, a new, you know, protein bar. It's more like an indulgent treat or snack. So order today. Get the Grasshopper Cookie or Raspberry, Cookies and Cream, German Chocolate, any flavor you like. But only if you go to Built.com, BuiltBar.com, and use the promo code LOCK15 to get 15% off your order. Use the promo code LOCK15 for 15% off, but only at BuiltBar.com. Starting July 19th, the Ultimate Mock Draft 2021 is presented by Locked On, an odyssey featuring analysis from the GOAT of NBA Mock Drafts, Chad Ford, and odyssey NBA experts Brian Scalabrine and former general manager Ryan McDonough. Our Locked On NBA local experts will make selections and trades for your favorite basketball teams throughout this week-long special event. Search the Ultimate Mock Draft 2021 on the new Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. Odyssey is your audio home for all the sports podcasts, music, and news that matter to you. That's A-U-D-A-C-Y, Odyssey. Ah, the draft. Not exactly something that uh, Heat fans probably are prioritizing. I had I had the idea, you know, as the rest of my co-workers are, or colleagues are invested in this draft so heavily, I thought about whether or not I should try and get involved in this mock draft process and maybe trade a player, but there's not much to do for the Miami Heat. I don't know. Do you have suggestions? I'd be willing to take those because I'm not quite sure what Miami can do to get in the draft. Are you as excited about it as as the guys around the Lockdown Network are? Because they, they seem really invested. For teams like Houston and Oklahoma City and others, I mean, this is this is their cherry on their, on their shit Sunday because they've been forced to deal with losing basketball all season long. They didn't have the kind of high stakes that Miami had and Miami fans had. And so I think they've just been really, really invested in this. Uh, you know, of course, the Pistons are are excited about the opportunity of adding Cade Cunningham. And, you know, I, I hate to I hate to be a wet blanket on these sorts of things. I just I can't get personally invested in these sort of things. Not only has Miami never had a number one <laughs> draft pick, uh, but they just it doesn't really ever matter. You know, whether the pattern's odd or not, a lot of different factors go into play here. And, and I will add one thing, too. You know, Bam and Abayo, as great a player as he is, I don't know that he thrives anywhere else. Similarly with Tyler Hero, I, I just I think you draft for your need, but it also matters a lot on fit and your own coaching situation and your own roster and how it's built and the expectations of said players. You know, there's way, way too much pressure on 20-year-old guys to come and turn a franchise around, and, and just that's not going to happen. Like, Kate Cunningham is a really good player. The Pistons aren't winning 50 games next year just because they have Cunningham on their roster. If anything, it's going to take a supreme leap by Jeremy Grant and others, but I, look, they also have other lottery picks on that roster right now, and it's going to take somebody coming in there and just tying it all together. Hey, somebody like a Chris Paul. Yeah, I talked about this in the last episode too, but I just think it's more important to get the right guy, the right superstar guy or complimentary superstar guy that can all of a sudden maximize the talent that you might have on your roster, whether the first pick or the 50th pick. Somebody has to help you get the most out of your game. It has to be consistent throughout all of the roster and with the coaching staff and with the front office. And I just, I don't know that Cunningham is going to be that guy. It's not to say that he's not going to be a great player. I just don't know that he's going to be able 
to live up to the expectations that Piston fans have already hoisted on him. I just I just think it's or is it foisted? Either way, I just think it's unfair to have these kind of unrealistic expectations about what Cunningham will do next season. But I do want to get to this question from Jade who writes in something I just thought about. Spo is getting a good look at Hero with the USA Select team, and so I wonder how much of this experience will shape what they do with him in the offseason. Well, you know, interestingly enough, and sadly enough, uh, obviously on my Zoom call with Greg Popovich, he just confirmed a report that had been out there just minutes before that three players from the Select team, uh, P.J. Washington, Emmanuel Quickly, and one other, I cannot recall whom, uh, tested positively for COVID, and it's unfortunate. First of all, you hope that they're safe and that everything's fine. You don't know if it's a false negative or false positive or anything like that, but the reality is that they've tested. They've been testing res- regularly, and they tested positive. So uh, now there's going to be much more of an increased role for Tyler. I think from Spo's perspective, look, I, I think he's trying to – He's probably going to try and gravitate more towards the older vets there while they're in training camps, you know, reach out to the guys like Beal and everything else, talk, kind of pick their brain, see what they're all about. I, I think, you know, those are the guys that he's really trying to, to ingratiate himself towards and, and with good reason. Uh, maybe that works better if you just kind of let Bam do what he does best as a quote-unquote recruiter. But when it comes to Tyler, certainly you want to see him continue to do the work and respond and things of that sort. And I also think which is kind of why I had that episode earlier in the week, not necessarily dismissing the reporting about whether or not Tyler Hero was going to be traded this offseason or not, but just calling it into question. Look, the Heat know who he is. They've seen him respond. I, I just, you know, you listen to all the sources from the team themselves over the last year and a half, prior to the reporting that's been done over the last few months, and all of it just seems to be so overwhelmingly positive about Tyler. You know, the guy comes in and does the work. I was just listening uh, to a, a podcast from Duncan Robinson uh, that came out a couple months ago uh, with Tyler Hero on the show. And I believe it was in March, I want to say. It doesn't really matter. The point is that, you know, they're talking. And even at that point in time, Duncan, you know, who's set to come in and, and get a big payday later this summer, was talking about Tyler, and even from the very first when he saw him at Summer League, knowing that he was going to come in and do the work, that that extended to camp when he was there out with Jimmy and guys like Myers Leonard and others where they just kind of continue to push themselves. Kendrick Nunn, who no one has ever questioned his work ethic, was in the locker room too, or in the gym, you know, putting in the work, just like Tyler and Duncan were. I just, you know, Duncan is not as flashy. Kendrick certainly not as flashy. Tyler making the most of his branding opportunities and all of a sudden it's his work ethic that's being questioned. I just, it's really unfortunate. I just don't see why it's happened the way it has. Uh, but to Jade's question, again, I, I think they already know what he's capable of. I don't think this impact or this, you know, next week or so that you're going to be in Vegas together training is going to change his priority there. I think, you know, to Tyler's point, when he was on a Zoom call earlier this week, he mentioned the fact that he intends to play for Coach Spo for a long time now. And I think that's the right attitude. And maybe maybe that's just to kind of brush back at some of the reporting that he's going to be traded and all these things. Like, you know, he wants to be part of Miami's future. He's talked about that pretty consistently for a 21-year-old guy. I think he understands how the game is played with media. He understands that there's a lot of talking heads out there saying a lot of things about this, that, and a third. And I think with Tyler, he's just focused on doing what he can do. And, you, you know, it's a cliche that works 
in almost every aspect of life. You only control what you can control. And for Tyler, if the team decides to trade him, it won't be because of anything that he's done wrong. It's just because they found value in some other player that could come in and contribute differently at a higher level than what Tyler could do. So I just the, – the conversation on Tyler needs to change. I think he's going to do fine as a member of the team select, of the USA select team. I think he's going to work hard. He's going to put up points. He's going to do what he does. I think he's going to show out for a lot of these older NBA veterans who I think know that he's capable of scoring. Like, I mean, they know what he's what he's capable of. That's just the reality. He's a flashy guy. You know, he's 21, and yeah, he's in his second year in the league, and maybe they'll be impressed with some of his ball handling and shooting and everything else like that. But he's not a secret anymore. He was doing this around the, the, the NBA all of last year as a rookie. He was doing it last year when defense is keyed on him, and I think he was still able to have a solid season that somehow has turned into a regressed season for him uh, and missed opportunity for him to become the superstar that a lot of people thought he might become in his second season. Probably unrealistic expectations. No less than from you know yours truly. I, I, I also mentioned that I thought he was going to be a, a great scorer. I think there's still all-star capacity from him. I really do believe this. And so hang tight with that belief because I do think it's likely to happen sooner rather than later. But that's it. It was a week's worth of shows. I hope you enjoy the mailbag. As always, keep sending those questions in. And not just like specific questions. If you've got themes or week-long shows that you think would be interesting about like your favorite players from the 90s or whatever, I love that kind of stuff. Send in whatever suggestions you have. I will always take those and apply them as best I can. And just a reminder, you can always reach me via email at LockedOnHeat at gmail.com or via Twitter using the hashtag AskAllHeat. Be sure to please follow the show and leave a review if you haven't already. Special thanks to all of our sponsors for supporting the show. Thanks to all of you. This is David Ramil signing off for now.